Hello, how are we? I hope you are well. Um, not gonna lie, I've I've just been sitting in the office for the last sort of five-ish minutes, just looking at the wall in front of me, being like, I actually don't know what to say. It's just literally since posting yesterday, being like, guys, this is the podcast I do, and knowing that it's not just like a select group of people that are potentially listening to it, and now there's going to potentially be other people. So hello, if you're new here, uh, welcome. And <laughs> sorry, I'm just like, Greg's outside. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll know that uh, Grasky is like an actual thing in our street. It's like keeping up with the Joneses. Um, so he's out at the minute with like, you know, those like a uh, Ghostbuster backpack kind of idea things. So he's got a little pump um to power up and he's spraying like some kind of weed colour on our grass. He's basically just trying to make it as luscious as possible in a two week period so that when our neighbours come back from their holiday, um, they're going to be really sad. Yeah, so that's what he's doing and he's happy. So that's great for him. Um, but yeah, what was I saying? Oh yeah, so like I was, I was kind of like, I was like, whoa, I don't, I don't really know how, like how to, how to be on the podcast now because it's going to be other people listening to it. But um, I think I'll just keep, I'll just keep doing me, and and hopefully, yeah. But anyway, I'm going to get into it. Um, I've got a couple of questions that I'm going to work through. As always, I will probably deviate and go on to other topics as I go. Um, but yeah. Let's get started. So first question is, do you lose gains being away from your training um, if you're like unwell or you can't train or whatever it is? Firstly, I want to unpack some of the jargon or fitnessy terminology. There's quite a few questions actually I'm going to be doing today that I'll, I'll maybe unpack some of the words just because, you know, I think when you're, when you've been in the fitness or gym kind of space for years you start to use certain words that just become part of your vocabulary vocabulary I've just put my retainers in with the elastic bands so I'm kind of tripping over my tongue a wee bit give me five minutes and I'll get back to my usual um also it's like a new or it's a relatively new retainer so I'm still trying to like get my mouth around it it goes right back to my molars at the back of my mouth so I find like certain words really quickly like difficult to like get out of my mouth quickly and also I think because my brain fires a lot quicker <laughs> than my mouth can keep up with I always trip myself up anyway yeah we're going to unpack some of the jargon so gains gains refer to for most people gains are like if you are building muscle or getting fitter from a cardiovascular kind of perspective so you're able to run further or run faster or you know perform a circuit and not feel as tired or recover quicker from it so gains can refer to lots of different things but it's a very kind of like bro gym style term that just basically refers to um that kind of side of things so the question being do you lose your gains um, when you come away from your training um, if you're unwell, for example. Um, and the, the very short and easy answer is yes, but there's lots of different things we have to then consider within that. So um, 
if you are not able to train because you're unwell or you're busy with work or whatever it is, it first of all is going to depend on how much time you are away from the gym and your training. Um, that is going to have an impact for most people. Um, the, it is also going to depend on where you currently are within your health and fitness journey. If you're someone that has just started then um, and you're slowly building up your level of fitness and you're looking to build a little bit of muscle then you probably will feel a little bit of a difference if you are away from the gym for an extended period of time however someone that is we would class as like more trained um someone that competes at a higher level or has a kind of greater level of cardiovascular fitness they'll notice a lesser deterioration or a less rapid deterioration in their fitness levels because they're starting at a kind of greater point. Um, However, the same kind of general rule applies for most people in that if you spend any time away from your health and fitness routine, whether that's the gym or running or swimming or whatever it is, you will lose some of your fitness or you will lose some of your muscle mass. However, I think it's really important to remember like when I say with, with everything, like just because you can't do one thing doesn't mean you can't be doing the other things. So, you know, if you're unwell, obviously, that's going to mean that you're probably not going out walking. So you're not able to keep up your cardiovascular fitness in that way and look after your health um, from that kind of side of things. However, you can be thinking about how you're fueling your body. So making sure that you're eating adequate calories um, to maintain um, muscle mass and everything else and also then making sure that you're hitting um, a decent amount of protein um, every single day as well um, to maintain that. Um, so that's kind of some things to think about. I think, you know, people, you are you get yourself in a panic sometimes that if I miss the gym for two days, I'm going to lose all my gains and it just, it doesn't happen like that. Um, in the same way that like you wake up one day and you, you look in the mirror and you think, ah, oh, I look fucking awesome today. And then the next day you look in the mirror and you don't like how you look. Like it's it's a perception thing. You're, you are not going to lose muscle mass in the space of 24 hours in the same way that you cannot gain body fat in 24 hours and lose body fat in 24 hours. Like it, these things happen over extended periods of time. Um, so just, you know, if you are unwell, don't force yourself back into the gym um, before you're ready and before you're recovered because chances are then you're going to just end up back at square one feeling unwell again L- allow yourself to have that time to rest recover feel better before you get back into the gym because then yes your first couple of sessions will feel challenging like you'll know yourself if you've taken any time away from the gym whether you were on holiday or like over the Christmas holidays is a really good example where a lot of people will take a break because they're wanting to spend time with family or just sit in front of the tv watch movies eat chocolate like that's great your first session back holy shit it feels hard like it's uncomfortable you have that kind of like weird like iron kind of blood taste in your throat when you're finished the bar alone feels heavy like the first couple of sessions back will feel challenging, but I always kind of, I I secretly kind of love being in that place if I've ever got to that before because I find it extremely motivating to be like, this is where I am now, but I know I've been a lot fitter or I know I've felt a lot stronger, so I know I can get back to that spot. Some people find it really demotivating and they kind of like go in the huff and think, 
oh, like I can't do this. But it's like, no, like you've been there before. You just need to suck it up for a couple of weeks and you'll get back there. Um, so yeah, hopefully that helps in terms of do you lose all your gains from being away from the gym? Short answer, yes. More complex answer is how long, you know, take care of some other aspects of your health and fitness where you can, like how you feel your body, general movement throughout the day, um, and then also just rest and recover properly so that then when you are fit to go back to the gym, you can kind of jump straight back into your training. Um, Second question. Um... Actually, second and third question kind of merge into one. So I'm going to do them as a little combination. Um, Summer is a very busy time for people socially. um, And this person's kind of panicking about not being able to stick to routine or, you know, for the last couple of months, they've been getting into a really good routine with their, their exercise and their steps and how they're feeling their body. And then they're worried that by being more sociable they're going to get thrown off of their routine um and then the the kind of second add-on question was about you know you get yourself into rut and you don't really know where to go i actually think i'm going to do that as two separate questions um yeah let's start with the your you've got stuff over the summer i spoke about this in the last client q a podcast which i think is q a nine um and i was referring to like you are Lana Del Rey, you've got summertime sadness, like summer is, you are not meant to be 110% in the gym every fucking month of the year or every week of the year, like you're not an athlete. And like, you know, I'm saying this because I'm assuming the majority of people that are listening to this are wanting to be fitter, healthier, look after their body a little bit better and have a better understanding how to do that. Like you're, you are not planning to go off and do fitness comps or step on stage or whatever it is so this is why like the majority of the advice and the information I'll give are gen pop everyday people that want to look after themselves a little bit better if you along the way you know you get really fit and healthy and then you're like I want to try this like I want to take things a little bit more seriously then that's great that's absolutely fine um But, you know, take what I'm saying here with a pinch of salt um, because it does refer to kind of a very compact group within the population. Um, But yeah, coming back to the actual question, lots of stuff over the summer, where it'll throw you off your routine. Um, It's going to be a little bit about discipline, self-discipline, parenting yourself. Like I'm a big advocate of parenting yourself. If you're a client of mine or you have been in the past, you'll know that I use that kind of term quite a lot. You have to parent yourself. You have to be that person that says, come on, Sarah, like, you know, you need to go out and go for a walk today because you've hardly moved. Sorry, I just had to pause that. I could like feel a burp coming and I've burped on the podcast before for people. But again, I'm nervous that new people are just not going to be ready for that. So I saved you that one. Um, Maybe in the next couple of weeks, you'll hear me burp. Not a big deal. Anyway. So where did I get to? I was talking about routine. Oh yeah, you have to parent yourself. Um, You know, if you have sat at work all day in the office, you go home and you sit all evening and watch TV. I'm sorry, but there's little, it's little wonder that you're not seeing changes that you want to, to see. You are literally living the most sedentary lifestyle possible sedentary being inactive 
you have to you have to kind of notice the gaps within your own routine and figure out where you can make those changes so you know if you are the example I just gave your office or desk based all day at work and then you come home and you sit down all evening break it up like one of those hours that you're sitting watching tv go take yourself out for a walk it's the perfect time of year to do it um if you are constantly you know feeling like your nutrition could be improved on start with one meal start with one aspect of your diet don't try to overhaul everything this is kind of not really in relation to the question at all I've just gone off on a bit of a tangent but I mean it's useful anyway um but you know what I was saying about if you've got stuff on over the summer that should not be enough of a reason for you to completely then just be like oh well fuck it like fuck the summer I'm just not going to bother with this health and fitness shit until it's like September again I'll just deal with the consequences then no because you know fine well you'll get to September you'll be raging at yourself you'll be a greeting mess you'll have really bad body image And then, you know, you're just going to be demotivated as fuck. So what you're going to do instead, if you know you have a busy kind of period of time over the summer, you're going to map it out. You're going to put that in a calendar. You're going to do some kind of organizational planning shit that is going to help you to figure out where there are gaps for you to be more on top of your health and fitness routine. So whether that is, you know, if you've got a quieter week, it's like, sweet, I can get to the gym three times this week. You're going to plan out what three days is that you're going to the gym. Like be meticulous with this stuff. Like if you if you just leave it open to chance, again, it's not going to happen. You have to parent yourself with this stuff. Um, because that in the end of the day, it's not about the you know, like, oh, I went to the gym three times this week, but then last week I didn't go at all. You have to think about the the long-term impact that this is having on you, okay? And you have to kind of almost try to think about, I know I can't consistently over the summer go three times every single week, but I know that I can do maybe um, at least one session on my busier weeks, and three on my weeks that I feel I have a little bit more time. And if you use that as your kind of range of minimum and maximum standards that you're going to try and stick to, that consistency will help you in the long run. And then we'll get to September and you'll be like, do you know what? Like I'm feeling pretty good. And I also navigated having a super busy summer. So if you are one of these people that you know, you've got lots of social events, you've got holidays, you've got weddings, you've got all that kind of shit. Like, um, plan it out like put it in your calendar look at when your busy weeks are etc etc also like maybe this is just me but I think because I've been doing it for so long I have such a kind of like I don't know sometimes I feel like I've got a disconnected perspective from these types of things like when it comes to um like side note me and Greg were speaking about tracking food the other night um and how you know, sometimes people will say, oh, I don't know how you track, like it's so difficult. It's really not. It, it is an extra couple of minutes of your day. I get that. And it's annoying and you have to basically learn how to do it and you have to remember to do it. But boohoo, like if you really want to track, you'll put the effort into do it, doing it. And I think just because we've been doing it for so long that we don't really see it as an issue now. Like if we want to track, we'll track. And if we're not tracking, then sweet. Um, And the same goes for like, you know, if we've got stuff on like next week and planning going out with the girls for dinner, 
I'm not going to let that throw me off my entire weekend. I'm just going to be like, going for dinner, going to enjoy that. And then I just get right back into my routine after the next day. Like it, it doesn't have to have as big an impact on your routine as you're letting it. And sometimes I feel like maybe people use it as an excuse, like, oh man, I've got something on this weekend, so therefore I'm not going to be able to gym at all this week. Mm, really? Is that, is, that, is that true? Like, it's that kind of stuff. Like, I saw a, um, an, like a picture thing on Instagram the other, the other week, and it was about, like, if you've got ADHD and you've got something on in the afternoon at two o'clock, it means you, like, can't do anything for that entire morning because you basically just sit around and wait until two o'clock until that thing is happening. Like, I completely, like, I understand that. Um, I get that. I am definitely like that in a sense. But um, when we apply it to like, if you've got stuff on at the weekend, like, don't don't be a dick. Like, go and go to the gym throughout the week. Like, don't use it as an excuse just to let things kind of tumbleweed. Um, because you're not gonna then you're not gonna see the changes you want to see again. Um, right, moving on because I've definitely waffled enough for that one. Um. When you feel like you're in a little bit of a rut with your health and fitness routine. And I think, I suppose the reason I was thinking this ties into summer is because, you know, you're super busy, overwhelm kicks in and you think, I don't really know what to do. I don't feel like doing anything, blah, blah, blah. And the first thing I would say is let's set some minimum standards. So prior to like what I said a wee minute ago, like minimum, maximum standards, you're putting too much pressure on yourself basically to try and do everything and you know that is you putting pressure on yourself but then you're also probably seeing things on social media that's putting pressure on you um you know like I probably like on my Instagram portray this I don't know lifestyle of I gym all the time and I eat nothing but you know, healthy home cooked meals all the time. If I I don't really like what I eat in a day videos, I I get they've got a place like they are useful for some people as like inspiration for for food and and stuff like that. But I th- I what I don't like about I'll tell you the only thing I don't like about what I eat in a day videos is when it's like the girl standing in front of the camera or guy. I've never seen guys do it, but like a girl stands in front of the camera, she flexes her abs. She's like, "What I eat in a day," and then it's just like it's stuff that you're like, I would never choose to eat that. But someone will see that and think that's what I have to eat to look like that. Why did I start speaking about that? I've got no fucking clue. Um, it'll come back to me. Let me just let me just go on my little journey through my brain. Um, so speaking about you're in a rut, you've got minimum standards um, that you want to try and stick to. Fuck knows. It'll come back to me in a minute. Anyway, with your minimum standards, you oh, because you're putting pressure on yourself because you're seeing shit on social media. I knew it would come to eventually. So yeah, firstly, like, and this is it's a bit boring. It's it's not the most exciting piece of advice, but like, take take a little take a little minute, like, sit and think about what do I actually want right now. Like, do I want to be going to the gym three, four, five days a week, or you know? it's nicer outside do I want to just like take a break from the gym for a little while and go walking or try some classes like I've had some really lovely conversations with people and clients and non-clients in the last couple of months that 
they're not loving training in the gym at the minute by themselves. That is okay. That's perfectly all right. And they've decided they're going to come to classes instead. Again, amazing. Sometimes we need social interaction and we need to exercise with other people. Um, It's funny, like I would always think it would be over the winter when it's like darker nights and stuff that people would want that. But I think people struggle just as much in the summer with their motivation because you know, there's so much going on socially that it's trying to get that balancing act. Whereas if you are able to meet up with friends and go and do a training session or come to a class, you literally have to just turn up. All the thinking is done for you. You just have to put in the effort when you're there. Um, So, you know, if you're kind of feeling in that similar place with your exercise at the minute where you're in a bit of a rut, you don't really know what you want to do You've maybe been training for a little while and you've either got bored of your sessions or you're just not loving it as much at the minute. Like, give yourself a break. Like, it is okay. I have chopped and changed my training styles. I don't know what the saying is. More times than, what is it, starting to do hot meals. Anyway, basically, yeah. I get to a point if I, I like to think because I've done, like, you know, to a level um, with like my education that I have a good enough understanding that I could program for myself. Obviously, fucking hell. Yes. Like, but if I am getting programming from anybody, if I ever start to question why I'm getting that, that instantly is a kind of a, mm, I lose a little bit of faith in the programming then. So it's a, it's a dangerous thing for me. Like I love getting programming. So I get my programming Um out with like I, I've outsourced my programming my training purely so I don't have to program for myself because it's one less thing for me to do and um, plus I like being able to turn up and to the gym and be like that's my session and do it whereas if I wrote it for myself I would maybe like I would negotiate with myself and be like right okay I don't really feel like doing that today so instead I'll do it this and then I wouldn't do the the training session like as prescribed I wouldn't get the same benefits from it Um, so I like outsourcing my programming, but you know, if you're in a place where you're not loving your training at the minute, like, please don't feel bad. Like everybody goes through that at some point, everyone goes through peaks and troughs of their motivation. So, you know, lean into exercising with other people, trying a different activity or going to a class. Once you then get that kind of like fire in your belly and love for exercise again, then you can look at coming back to gym and doing your training sessions Or even just like if you're getting coaching, like having a word with your coach and saying, look, I'd love to try this kind of style or I would like to try something different. Like, please, like open communication. Like one of the the big things I've said to clients coming on board with me recently is communication is super, super important. Like if I don't know, I can't help you. Um, So like my mom, I'm sure she won't mind. Um, (laughs) I'm sure she won't mind me saying this. So like I'm working with my mom, which is you know, in itself, probably a a challenging dynamic for some people because I have to, in in one WhatsApp, I have to speak to her as my mother. um, And then in the other, I have to speak to her as a client and being able to have those conversations with her um, because I definitely get my sass from my mum is quite difficult because I want to be able to talk to her as I would to any other client. But at the same time, I'm scared she's going to tell me off for it. <laughs> but like communication with clients is so, so important. I, I, I expect them to be able to message me and say, I'm not loving my training right now. Can we do something different? Or, you know, this is happening in my life at the minute. 
I need a little bit of help. Like if I don't know, I can't help you. Um, and in the same sense, like if you are not loving your training, then you need to be doing something about it, whether that's reaching out to your coach, having a conversation with them, um, or, you know, if you're not working with someone, then, um, you know, reaching out to your, your friendship group saying like, come on, let's go and try this or, you know, whatever. So yes. Anyway, again, waffle for too long. Hopefully that helps. Um, Next question is a question that I'm very excited about and I love it. And it's a question that came from one of my clients, actually. Um, She's looking to move up to maintenance and maintenance calories. And she was asking, like, when is it right to move to maintenance calories? So firstly, let's unpack the language there. So maintenance calories are the amount of calories or energy that your body requires every single day, um, when it factors in how physically active you are, um, as well as the kind of calorie requirements of your body in general, um, for you to stay at the same weight range um, continuously. And I use the word weight range because you are never, so like um, if I weighed myself and I was this morning and I was, I didn't, I don't really weigh myself very often now, Um, but like, let's say for example, I weighed myself and I was 73.5 kilograms and then I weigh myself tomorrow and I'm 73.7. And then the day after that, I'm 73.2. Your weight is meant to fluctuate. And I talk about this in several, several podcasts. So like go back and listen to them as well. Um, but your weight is not meant to stay the same, but when you go to maintenance calories, your body will naturally sit within a kind of weight range everyone's range is going to be slightly different. Um, So me, for example, I experience, for me, I would say quite dramatic jumps. Um, I can go like three, yeah, two to three kilo jumps. That's quite like normal for me. Um, And I can, so like when I'm at maintenance, I can, I can fluctuate between between kind of 73 to 75 kilos. um, And that's, that's quite normal for me. Other people, um, their weight fluctuations are, are are smaller. They might stick within a one kilo range. So everyone is very different, which is why, you know, having conversations about scale weight are helpful sometimes um, and um, enlightening because, you know, I could be weighing myself and panicking. Why does my weight fluctuate so much? So like when I'm coming onto my period, for example, I experience big, big fluctuations in my weight. Um, on a daily basis Um, but I know now through experience that's completely normal um, and I don't kind of get myself in a panic about it but it's only through having conversations with other people and having an understanding of what's going on that I've been able to like reassure myself that these weight fluctuations are normal um, and it's kind of almost expected Um, and the same same goes for when you're at maintenance calories. You will experience fluctuations in your scale weight as you would if you're in a fat loss journey. Like it's not a linear trend. It it moves about, it bobbles, but the trend over time should be going down the way. When you're at maintenance, your scale weight should come up to a point and then fluctuate around that range. Um, and coming back to the original question of like when should you go to maintenance calories? Um for most people, I would say like if it was some when it's someone working with me, I would say like you've got to a place now where in terms of fat loss, you're happy. 
and your goals are changing. So you you kind of are like, because like, let's be honest, we're, we're not meant to be in a calorie deficit our entire lives. We're not meant to be chasing fat loss our entire lives. Some people will go through fat loss kind of phases um, that are shorter or longer, depending on the person and how much weight they have to lose or want to lose. But eventually, everyone should get to a point if they've had a successful fat loss journey where they are like right I'm ready to sit around maintenance calories now um because you know fat loss is not a priority for me now I'm I'm in quotes happy with where I'm at and I want to chase something like getting stronger in the gym or building some more muscle um and therefore I need additional calories in order to um accommodate those goals so you know if you have been chasing fat loss or going through a fat loss phase for a while and you're kind of at that point where you're like yeah I'm like I'm actually okay with where I am now Um, and I want to refocus my energy into something else Um, maintenance could be for you Um, if it is something you're thinking about please drop me a message um, if you have any more questions and I'll be happy to help as well Um, next question is um someone that has been tracking and training for six weeks consistently and they're seeing kind of what's the typical results I should see in that kind of time frame again this is a tricky one it's it's kind of it's very much like everyone is an individual um you'll remember back like when me and Greg did our it was meant to be six weeks and then it was only five weeks um we saw pretty dramatic changes um in our composition in that five week period but you know I'm not gonna lie we were consistent as fuck and not just a oh we trained and we ate really well like we did every single training session and we worked hard as fuck in our training sessions our food was absolutely on point as in like we did not go over our calories for a single day in that five-week period but also the foods we were eating were I don't really I'm gonna I'm gonna use the term more nutrient dense, okay? So because purely because and I've got a client who's going through fat loss at the minute, um and just because of her kind of data points, we have to, we've got her on, you know, lower calories than someone else that I would typically have doing fat loss. Um and I was having the conversation with her the other day and saying like you have to be sensible with how you're using your calories because your calories are, you know, a little bit lower than someone else that might be doing fat loss. Um, so, you know, it's 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 a case of if you want to have pizza for dinner, it means you're going to be on absolute dog shit calories the rest of the day. You're going to have to really just be like low, low fucking calorie meals for the rest of the day to accommodate that pizza. Would you rather not or wouldn't you rather you know, spread those like 1000 calories out over your other meals so that then you could have like a little bit more in every meal. Um, so yeah, I um, came away from the actual question again. Um, but yeah, typical results you would expect to see in a six week period. They are going to be different for absolutely everybody. Um, but I think the the want or the pressure to see changes in six, eight or 12 weeks is, is purely because a lot of the fitness industry has been built up around, 
you know, things of like a six week challenge or a 12 week challenge. And, you know, this, these are the results you can achieve in this period of time, which, you know, absolutely true. Um, but what happens after that? There's this big, big push for something dramatic to happen, you know, in that short space of time. But then, you know, what about the rest of your life? Do you just like, it, you cannot can you cannot then be like, all right, sweet, I reached my goal. Now I can just go back to my old habits. No, you have to now maintain that to an extent. You can't just like take your foot off the pedal, um, which I think a lot of people don't understand. So the the want or the need to see dramatic changes in a very, very short space of time, um, although I don't blame you, um, it's not helping you. I think like people should be looking to, you know, what can I do in a year? Like, it's boring as fuck, isn't it? Like, I don't want to commit to something for this time next year. Like, we're too impatient. Um, but if you were to, you know, sit down and say, I'm going to commit myself to this for a year and see what I can do, takes the pressure off a little bit. Because then if you go out for lunch with the girls one weekend and you end up having a couple more wines than you planned, that's okay. Like, it doesn't mean we can do it every single fucking weekend of the for that year, but like, it's okay. Whereas if you're doing something in six, eight, 12 weeks and you do something like that, um, I'm sorry, but you've kind of, you fucked yourself a little bit for that week now and you've stalled your progress. So yeah, let's look to long-term sustainable health and fitness plans rather than just you know, instantaneous gratification and then, oh, fuck it, like, I've done that now. I'll just, like, go back, regain all the weight and then start again, um, which is the the vicious cycle that a lot of people have gotten themselves into. Um, I'm not saying everybody does, but, you know, a lot of people do um, because the, the methods or the ways in which they have lost the weight over the six weeks have not been something that they can then maintain moving forwards you know, like what me and Greg did for that five weeks. There's there's no way in hell I could continue. And I was very open about that in the videos I posted. I was like, I could not have continued any longer than that. Like I was dipping in my training, the quality of it. Like we were moody as fuck. My sleep was rubbish. Um, and I was hungry. Like I was hungry all the time and it was, it was just shit. So yeah, no, definitely. Like even like we would go out for a walk with Kilo and I would start feeling dizzy. Like, I'm sorry, but that's no fucking life. Um, for what like nah so yes it's about making long-term sustainable changes to your health um and feeling better for it um a last question which you'll maybe be pleased about because this is actually probably one of the longest podcasts i've done um <laughs> um so got someone that hasn't been tracking um tracking being like like putting their food into my fitness pal or NutriCheck or something like that however weight is staying the same do I need to track to make progress um the question I would put back to this person um and I actually already did because it was a client question um but you know for your for your sake if you're thinking the same thing you're not tracking but you find that your weight is kind of staying around the same um, and you're thinking, well, do I need to track to make progress? What is your, what is progress to you? What, what are the changes you're looking to make? And what is the time frame that you're looking to make them in? If you have a very specific goal in mind, so, you know, you've got a holiday coming up in four weeks time and you would like to feel a little bit more confident 
um, in your bikini when you're going on holiday, then yes, I would say tracking is probably going to be a very, very useful tool for you. However, if it's something that's next year and you have a good understanding of how to feel your body, you're not really feeling like your weight is fluctuating too much, then I would say keep doing what you're doing. Um, As a side note, the advice I gave this person, because she has a very good understanding of how to feel her body so she can eyeball food. Um, And what I mean by that is like, she can look at her plate and be like, that's my carbohydrate source. That's my source of protein. I know I've got, you know, fruit, veg on there, um, that kind of way. So she's very good at understanding those things, which is why I kind of said to her, like, I don't feel like you need to track. You're making great progress in the gym. You're getting stronger. Your body is changing compositionally. Um, and that's all happening through her just being able to be sensible with her food choices um and eyeball what she's eating because you know for most people like tracking tracking is kind of like scale weight it's a really great tool to understand what's happening but I think for most people you know you're not gonna you're not gonna want to get to the the ripe old age of 70 80 90 and still be using my fitness pal you want to get to a place where you can use a combination of tracking and intuitive awareness so am I full yes okay I'm going to stop eating like it's really as simple as that however we've got so disconnected from those like those hunger signals and those hunger cues because let's be honest when we eat food we sit with our phone in our hand or we're watching television or we're distracted by something else we're not paying attention to am I actually full now Um, and I'll give you a great example last night we ate our dinner super late because we usually do only get to our dinner really late and it's purely because of work um, and I was full by about three quarters of the way through the meal. I took a break for a couple of seconds, I picked my phone up and then by the time I looked up I'd finished what was on my plate and I was like, Where the fu- how, how did that happen? Like I was full a couple of minutes ago and yet just from being distracted by looking at my phone I finished what was on my plate so you know that kind of thing that's where like I didn't need to finish what was on my plate because I was physically full yet I managed to distract myself enough to eat the calories thankfully like I needed the calories but then at the same time like did I need them because my body was telling me I was full um so yeah to come back to the question It really is, again, going to depend on your individual situation. If you're in this kind of situation where you maybe want to track, but you're not really sure if you have to, um, then drop me a message. Um, Let's have a chat and figure out your kind of individual situation. Um, And then maybe I can help you um, to figure out if it's going to be something right for you. Because tracking isn't for everybody. Um, it is, you know, I spoke earlier in the podcast, like it can be a little bit time consuming. Um, it takes up a little bit of space in the brain. If you get to a point where you can just do it without really thinking about it, then that's great. But for a lot of people, it it does require a bit of effort and time before you get to that place. And, you know, if you're super busy anyway, then you don't always have time. Um, so, yeah. I hope this has been helpful. Um, I am now off to... Side note, I did not drink any caffeine when I was doing this. I think this is a podcast first. Um, So yay for me. I also didn't take a drink of water, so I'm so thirsty. One second. Mm. So good. Little glugging noises for you. Um, 
But yeah, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you've enjoyed it or you found it useful, please share it with someone else. Share it on your stories. Give it a little review. Um, that would be super helpful um, to spread the word. And I hope you have a great day.